Come to Counselor Find, a podcast for counselors past and present, finding their way in faith and current culture. We are your hosts, Shrek and Shopvac, also known as Terry and Zach. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 15. Glad you're with us this week and we're excited to get going. We are going to roll into a question that we got this week from someone um, and uh, we we figured it kind of lines up with the Holy Spirit talk that we wanted to talk about. Uh, mm-hmm. That was a request, but it's it's even um, something a little a little deeper, a little more um, more specific, more specific about spiritual health in COVID. Mm-hmm. Do you want to? How do you want to do this? You want to read the question or kind of? Sure. I think we're going to do kind kind of two aspects to this conversation. Yeah, I think. Um... On one hand, we're going to answer the question, <laughs> uh, but there's a few ways to answer the question, and there's a few different like questions within the question. So we're going to break it down. Basically, we're going to go through the question and just break, break it down. It down. Now. We'll break it down, uh, and we'll break it down. In the question. Uh, Keep saying we break deal it down. With some of the perspective that we like think can be behind the question, and that most of us have, mm-hmm. um, and then we're going to change your perspective and then answer the question. Yeah. Very cryptic, I know. Let's read the question. Okay, let's read the question. Let's start there. Uh, when you're feeling spiritually distant, distanced or tired, or even say mentally and physically on a downward slope, um, could be from COVID because it's had such a hard impact on people, what are some ways to deal with it and lean into God's presence, fill ourselves back up uh, with the Holy Spirit and energy to keep doing God's will and persevere through trials and tribulations? Right. So this is a common question. Mm-hmm. I- I've heard from different people, like how do we deal with COVID and how do I feel God in this presence? And I'm, or I'm feeling like empty or exhausted, or I've been spiraling this way and I don't feel that God's there. Right. Yeah. So how do I, how do I refill with the Holy spirit? How do I get through these trials? Hmm. Right. Yeah. So when we were discussing it earlier and I kind of just saw the, the intent behind it and you were like, there's some real, theological um what yeah, do you want to word this <laughs> well there's some some theological errors i think in the way we approach this question in our everyday lives yeah i think i'm not like we're not i don't want to pick on anybody or so um, we'll pick on everyone we all do it. because when i <laughs> the first thing i thought of when i read this question was wow i have asked all of these things before yeah. in my life and um and in the exact same way where I didn't know how to word it. So I just asked it in four different ways. Right. So I have been there and am still there at times. Uh, so I think that's kind of where it sparked the original thoughts uh, in my mind of. Of like, where, where like are you, why, God? Yeah, kind of like where we, where we need to figure out the perspective on this. Right. So. And this is different from like David in the Psalm saying, God, where are you? I'm yeah. seeing injustice. It's more like. A, so let's break down the question. Okay. Right off the bat, um, when you're feeling spiritually distanced or tired or even a bit mentally and physically downward slope. Um, so right off the bat, I think one thing that we often get caught up in is the idea that our Christianity or our relationship with God is based on a feeling mm. or our foundation is a feeling. Mm. Um, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. So, so you're saying... I don't feel so what I don't sometimes? feel God or I don't feel in love or I don't feel something. Yeah, Is that so what you're we saying? We feel like we're not close to God at the time. 
and then we figure that that must be true. And so then we <clears throat> decide we aren't as close to God and therefore we are doing something wrong or we need to get back to that and we need to change, change pathing. And I think um, that can be like an incorrect place to start from because um, if we're saved, we have the Holy Spirit living in us. And so we always have, um, we're always close to God. And I think that like the whole point of us having the Holy Spirit is that at any point during the day, we can just think our prayers and say our prayers and, and have that connection, that relationship with God. Um, and what happens is we often, uh, especially when we're teenagers or when we are camp counselors or things like that, is we often equate these experiences that we have at a camp or at a youth event and think, man, that was such a great experience or I was so close to God there. I really felt his presence. Um, and those things may be true, but then we decide that what we had then um, is what we should be striving for all the time. So that when we have those intense things, we go to a conference mm-hmm. or we, we do a, you know, a special training or a small group thing and it just changes us. Yeah. And, and we feel more alive or more intensely close to God than we've ever felt before. Yeah. That you're saying those are special gifts rather yeah. than you need to feel this all the time. Yeah. Those, so those times are not, um, the new normal that we should be striving for because um, it's just not practical or reality. Like those are um bonuses. Those are special times. Those are top ups. Those are um things that help keep you going. Or um, and, and sometimes they're they're just like reality of environment. They're not even necessarily anything. Um, but regardless, we'll put that aside for now. But um, yeah, like I think we often take those times and think, Oh, I need more of those. And we strive for those times, but that's not realistic. And then we're, we're caught searching for the two months that we experienced at camp for the other 10 months of the year. And those other 10 months aren't as good. And we're not as close to God and we're further from God and we're falling from God or we're distanced from God or whatever. And you can word it a hundred different ways. But, um, I think we get caught into this pattern of like, that's when I'm close. And if I'm not that, then I'm not close to God. Right. So if this I'm is like, close, I had a great summer. Yeah. And then like by November, I'm just feeling done. Yeah. And you're like, I, I need something to, and it's because you want that, that summer feeling, that high, that mountaintop experience when I'm trying to live through the, the normal everyday grind mm-hmm. in, in life, in the valley. Yeah. And I think, so then we also equate, so we take those times and this, um, let's call them spiritual high times and we equate them to being close with God. And then we equate being close to God with our relationship being stronger. And, um, and more than that, like, I think when we're in those times, we feel like, uh, the communication is more open. We feel like we are experiencing God differently or more for some reason. Like Mm. it's this pathway has like, widened or decluttered and 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 suddenly there's things that are possible that weren't before as if like outside of those times it's harder to talk to god but in those times it's easier and it, maybe in those times it's, it it is easier but not because of um the the feeling of it all but just because we're actually focusing now you're focused <laughs> and you're in a community that's time. all focused that way yeah right and you're talking like that regular every day i need to feel close to god and it's not there and I haven't felt God for months mm-hmm. is different than like wanting, striving for that, that 
ultimate God moment. But our everyday life, we, we're not always going to feel God around us either. Is that what no. you're saying? Well, I don't. Because he, he lives <laughs> in us. He's yeah. part of us. We have that tap. Are we, are we supposed to feel him all the time or is it more like, well, it's part of a relationship. Well, yeah, you should feel him, but I mean, define feel him. Like, right. you know what I mean? Like, yeah, this is what I mean is if you're, if your definition of feel him is those, um, experiences at camp or youth group or what have you, then yeah, you're not going to feel him the other 10 months of the year. If your definite definition of feel him is, uh, or feeling it is, you know, being able to just send a prayer and, and get relief from that or, um, if your definition is something that can be doable in normal everyday life, then you're going to feel them in everyday life. Does that make sense? Like if you, if you define being able to feel God as something that is not possible in everyday life, then yeah, you're not going to feel him every day. Right. So it really depends on how you personally, like uh, how how your perspective is and how you define that for yourself. And I think often not even by like a conscious effort, we end up defining that improperly. You sound like someone who's like started dating yeah. and hates those moments when we're not together. Yeah. And you're like, but I want to just be with this person all the time. You know that <laughs> yeah. feeling? Oh, yeah. like, but I don't like, okay, but we're not together all the time. It doesn't mean we're not together. Right. We're still together. We're just not always together all the time. Right. And, and you sound kind of like, but I want that feeling like yeah. that. We need that spark that, you know. Well, because you almost feel like if you're not getting that, then like, things are going the opposite direction. Right. Which isn't true at all. Which isn't true. Like, so. Yeah. So it is a relationship, but you have to have that trust and faith in each other. And that belief that we're committed to each other is, is that feeling that you need, not Mm -hmm. that zing that happens when you're always together. Right. Right. Um, so to Hmm. push into the question a bit more, um, let me talk about, uh, so what are some ways to deal with this and lean into God's presence? And fill ourselves back up with the spirit and energy. Um, so again, that's just like the big part that I want to pull out of that is that to lean into God's presence is like you should have like the Holy Spirit in you, and that should be something you can do daily um, in ways that may seem boring or monotonous, but those are the ways that like make it um, real or like a daily thing. And like again, if you're basing your relationship or like your spiritual um fullness uh off of these like events and these highs um these peaks then uh, it's going to be really hard to 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 re-energize or get re-spiritually spiritually filled back up um during a normal week or a normal month or whatever so the one like analogy try and use it a little bit i guess (laughs) <laughs> was like the Louis Giglio talks about it. I think he uses like a mountaintop as a the analogy, but he was talking about it in reference to this conference that they run. He's talking at the end of the conference and saying that everyone's on the mountaintop and they're all like have this like spiritual high essentially. Um but that you can't just like stay there. So when you especially in those short times when you just shoot up to the mountaintop, it's like taking a helicopter to the top of Everest. If you did that, you would only last up there. I don't remember the number, but I think it's like two seconds. Like you would not be able to stay there before you wouldn't be able to breathe because you get there too fast. Um, it needs to be a gradual thing where your body like slowly, um, like changes, uh, and 
understands that. So then um, we have to understand is like, if, if we're going to have those crazy moments where we just shoot up to the top of Everest to get that sweet, awesome view, that's cool. But we have to come back down again. We can't live there. Can't stay there. It won't work. Um, it's and, just for a moment. And even if you climb right. there slowly, you're not supposed to stay, live at the top of Everest. Right. So it's just for a moment. It's just for that view. And so I think that's important to realize like where, like where we're supposed to be and where our perspective of like what being close to God should be um, majority of the time. So what's like the 99% or 90% supposed to look like as far as um, in a relationship with God? What does that look like on a daily, day-to-day basis outside of those unique um, communities or events? So we can, but we can be filled with the Spirit mm-hmm. on a regular basis. Yes. But it's not like we need to have God come in a special way. Is that what you're yeah. like, kind of saying? We have the ability to be filled with the Spirit at all times. That was the whole point of the Holy Spirit. Right. and. Jesus dying for us to have that in us. <laughs> right. Like it's so that we can, we can have the relationship with God all the time. Mm. And like, that doesn't mean that it's easy. It doesn't mean that it's like, it's always going to feel like it's there. Or it's always going to be like simple, but it means that it's accessible to us all the time. And it just like depends on us putting in a bit of effort. Um, furthermore, doesn't mean that we're going to necessarily see the results of the fruit of it immediately all the time. Like a lot of that is just like trusting that it's there and knowing that it's there um, and having faith that it's there. And then eventually you'll see the results from that. Right. right. And that's where you were talking earlier about Abraham and yeah. That like I'm example. always amazed when I read through Genesis mm-hmm. and I see um, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and God defines himself as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob when mm. he meets Moses and David and others in the Old Testament. It's often I am I am the God of Abraham, I'm the God of Isaac. But when you look at Abraham and Isaac's lives, God shows up like three or four times mm-hmm. in 150 years of their lives. He actually shows up and speaks to them. And he says, you know, like you're gonna have a kid and then Abraham doesn't hear from him for 25 years. He shows up and he says, you're going to have a kid. You're like, yeah, you told me that 25 years ago. Uh, how did that work out? Like, right. oh, you're going to have a kid. So a year later, he has a kid and God shows up and says, see, I told you. And then you don't hear from God for 10 years. And he shows up and says, I want you to sacrifice your son. Yeah, what? Like, <laughs> I haven't heard from you in 10 years. And, and now you want what? Like, so crazy. So if, if we think we're going through spiritually dry times, where we're not feeling the presence of God or we're not feeling filled up. Like to have that kind of faith, like this was just like, explain that to your friends mm-hmm. and family. Like, um, we're just going to go and sacrifice on the mountain over there. Yep. Okay. This is crazy faith and crazy. You know, even when his son asks, he's just like, yeah, God will provide. Yeah. And again, perspective matters so much for that. It's so easy for us to read the story and, not think about those 20 plus years as being a big deal, but obviously that would feel pretty dry in those times. Oh yeah. It would feel pretty distant in those times. It'd be hard to, um, you've literally heard from God and then you don't for 20 years. It's pretty hard to keep the faith going, but, yeah. um, yeah. Yeah. And we have the luxury of not having to wait that long. No. So. Yeah, no. And, and so it's, it is amazing when we think of it that way. 
Isaac and Jacob, it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Uh, so then, okay. So overall though, the question does talk about, um, if you're feeling spiritually tired or mentally and physically on a downward slope, um, potentially because of external factors such as COVID, which is very valid. Um, what can we do about that? How do we make sure that we're being, um, our spiritual tank is full and when it feels drained. And I like this question, if we read it this way, um, done picking it apart, let's change our perspective a bit. Um, yes, like we can totally feel drained. We can feel blah. I've felt blah every like other day since like the summer, basically. Um, like it's been yeah. a battle just getting yeah. up and not having been able to do anything for the last two months. And, um, I totally get that. Uh, it, it physically drains you when you, you can't go do anything and mentally drains you and you can hardly see anybody spiritually that's going to follow as well. So sometimes you just, and then along with that, you just don't necessarily f- feel like doing anything about it. You're just, it, you know, it's almost a bit of d- depression where you just, yeah, everything feels hopeless. You yeah. just don't feel like anything yeah. can happen. And it's like, what's the point? All that kind of thing. So what, what can we do in those times? Yeah. So when I first read this question, I read it that way. Yeah. I was like, um, and, and so, uh, I want to say thank you. I thank you so much for having that different perspective where you're like, wait a second, <laughs> our relationship with God isn't based on a feeling. Right. And it's like, yeah, you're right. And, and it's about a relationship. It's about commitment and stuff. But on the flip side of that, our feelings sometimes can be warning signs. Mm. Yeah, I've, if you're feeling that way, be thankful. Some of us are numb. <laughs> yeah. I've stopped feeling. I'm just kind of going through the motions. For and, sure. you, and you have that empty thing. Uh, that's happening or you are. And there's, there's really clear biblical precedence of dry times, right? Yeah. Um, Elijah has this amazing spiritual high where he's on the mountain with the prophets of Baal and he does this crazy miracle. And then he's rain for Israel after three years of drought. Mm -hmm. And then the next chapter, he's like, I'm so depressed. I'm so empty. I'm so numb. And I'm just going to kill myself. And he literally heads into a desert. Yeah. Um, so it's not uncommon for us. And Jesus is the same thing. He's baptized. The Holy Spirit comes out of heaven, sits on him. God speaks. People audibly hear the voice of God around them. And he immediately goes into the desert mm-hmm. where he's, he has this temptation and this trial. And he's there for 40 days. And at the end, it says at the end, he was hungry. Like, yeah, no crap. Mm-hmm. Like he was hungry. Um, there are times when it's just beyond our control and it's okay to feel those feelings. I think, mm-hmm. um, to what happens when we feel that way? So I looked at it. There's kind of two ways of dealing. Uh, there's a time of contentment and peace and plenty. And we need to appreciate that and be grateful for it. Mm-hmm. But then there's other times of wilderness and there's times of desert. And I kind of saw the wilderness and the desert times as kind of this question, like, what do we do? And we're there. The wilderness, it, there's just so much going on. There's craziness all around you. It's dangerous. It's some of an adventure, but after a while, you're kind of like, uh, you're just living in fear. Mm-hmm. So that's the wilderness to me. Like there's, there's adventure here, but eventually I just end up on edge. Uh, I don't know what's coming next. I have all this fear all the time. 
Um, the other side of it is the, the desert where you're like, what do I do when I'm empty, dry and numb? Uh, I, can I, can I kind of dig into those two yeah, a little bit? Yeah, okay. So when I look at the wilderness and it is all that craziness and that fear, it's, it's, it's a control issue. It's right. we can't control anything that's coming at us. So maybe your first feeling, if you're asking this question is I have no control. Mm-hmm. I can't make a plan. I'm a person who likes to plan and organize. I don't know about school. This online thing sucks. And I have no control and I'm not seeing people and socially like, so it started off as an adventure mm-hmm. and now it's just like totally out of control. What we really need then is, um, is what we've lost is our communication and we've lost our connections and we need something that kind of transcends all of that. You need to re, um, so when we go back to Abraham, we go back to Isaac and we go back to Jacob. When, they were in those moments of in between they set up altars and they would go into these altars and these were places. And Jacob says to his family, Whoa, we're here at Bethel. This is where God met me. And he makes them all stop and come to the altar and remember. Um, and what it does is it, it reignites their belief. It reignites the fact that I had an experience with God and he hasn't forgotten me. So when everything seems out of control, you need to go back to those altar moments. So remember the mountaintop. Right. Remember when I was at camp and this happened. God was faithful. He's going to be faithful through this. So that's the wilderness response. I think in the desert, when you're, when you're hungry, you're exhausted, you're numb. Like, I'm so hungry for God and I don't see him anywhere. I'm so, I, I, I was feeling stuff and now I don't feel anything. Uh-huh. or I'm just tired all the time. I don't even want to get up in the morning. I, don't, I can't sleep at night and I don't want to get up in the morning. What do you do in those moments? And I think those are the ones where, one, you have to figure out what you're holding on to. So when Elijah goes into the desert, uh, he finally meets with God at the mountain and he's like, why are you here? Right. Like, what is it that you've dragged with you into the middle of the desert? Is it jealousy? Is it anger? Is it... Um, is it pride? Is it pain? Like somebody, somebody's hurt me. I have lost so much and I'm so full of pain right now that I'm not even angry anymore. It just is this throbbing hurt. Mm-hmm. Am I, and I feel nothing. And, well, usually when that happens, you're clinging to something. You're curled into a ball around something. What is it you're curled up around? Um, you need to go into the desert and let it be stripped away. When Elijah goes in and when Jesus has his temptation, in both instances, they're fed miraculously. So Jesus endures the temptation and then the angels show up and minister to him, it says. When Elijah goes into the desert, there's an angel of God, the angel of the Lord appeared, which is Jesus, God himself, shows up and makes him some stew and says, eat and rest. And then eat and rest because you have a long journey. Like God knows (laughs) you're going into the desert, you're dude. You need to be prepared uh-huh. and cares for him. And then when he gets to the middle of the desert and God shows up and he's like, I have a purpose for you and I have a plan and I know all this. He's like, now go. I'm like, go where? Like you got 40 days of walking back out through the desert. Like when you're in the desert, you don't just snap your fingers and you're out of it again. Uh-huh. There's a journey back. Right. And, um, but you got to let that all get stripped away. All that numbness, all that stuff, because God speaks in a small, still voice. 
And, and I think to hear him, you have to allow him to say, this is what I hurt. This is where I'm proud. This is where my jealousy, this is, this is what's holding me back from being. Mm-hmm. And then ask him to reveal his plans and to meet your needs. Right. But it's not going to be like a snap your fingers, you're all better. So if we have friends going through that, we need to just sit with them. Not tell them it's this X, Y, Z, or help them fix it. Only God can fix it. Only they need to know it. Um, so you need to know yourself a bit in all this. Like, what is it that I'm responding to? What is it? Who am I? And if you're numb and you're not feeling anything, why is that? Ask yourself that. Like, get to know yourself better. If, you're, if you feel like the world is wild and out of control, ask yourself, well, who's God? Mm-hmm. Can I control it anyways? Um, so that would be kind of my, my answer to those first couple of things. Like if you're feeling spiritually distanced and tired, where are you? Are you in a wilderness or are you in a desert? Mm-hmm. What is it that, is it the out of control or is it like, I'm just numb and empty? Yeah. And then there's two different approaches to that. Look them, like look for your surroundings, know yourself, see what you're in. Cool. I think another big piece to this that, um, underlies what both of us have said is the idea of faith and that we have faith in our relationship with God, that we have faith in um, God doing what he said he's going to do. And, uh, and just in the like strength of God in our life, I guess, in the Holy spirit. And so I think what we want to touch on the uh, topic of faith quickly on that, because um, I've, I've always grown up, this idea and it's because of the saying i think leap of faith that faith is kind of this like just just hope for the best like um just believe in what you can't see right that's what faith was to me like belief in what i can't mm. see but it, faith is so much more than that and i'm gonna um at the end of this episode i'm gonna link uh i don't know i guess i call it a song but it's like a spoken word song thing um oh. that talks about faith and it's really really good um it's short, so it won't take you long to listen to it, but um, basically, it just talks about that faith is not um, a random if? stab into the dark. Well, it's devotion. Okay. Beautiful eulogy. Um, they have a song called If. Yeah, that's a good it's one, too. Really, yeah. <laughs> it's not a crossing of the fingers and hoping for the best, not a leap into a pair of nothingness. So, um, but basically, that faith is like a deliberate thought. It's deliberate like knowledge of what you know is going to happen and believing in that happening. So it's something as simple as like every time you sit down on a chair, you don't even think about whether that chair is going to hold you up or not because you just know it's going to. Mm-hmm. And you have faith in that because you know how the chair works for the most part, or you know that chairs hold you up. And so you'd have faith in it by sitting down and just doing that. Faith is knowledge um, put out into action. And so if we truly have faith in God's um, power in our life and the Holy Spirit um, in us and a relationship in God, then that will be shown in action. And if we find that that's not happening, if we think that we um, need to be a, I don't know, like stronger Christian or whatever words you want to say for that, um, it may be because we need to strengthen um, the knowledge of the object of our faith. And that's kind of what this whole thing talks about. Mm -hmm. And that is um, God or Jesus and, and the Holy Spirit. So if we find that we're having like a trouble um, trusting in God on the day to day and uh, and really leaning into the Holy Spirit that's in our life, 
is maybe because that we don't really have faith in it that it's there or faith in it that it's working or faith in what it can do or what he can do. And so I think we may need to push into um, not just getting more feelings from him, but maybe learning more about it, mm-hmm. learning more about him. And really like that can be a big part of why we need to read the Bible. Yeah. And so and it's obviously very well worded in this, uh, in this song. And um, I think it's really, really good. Mm-hmm. Listen to it a few times, read the lyrics as you listen to it. Um, it's, it's super good. So it's called devotion by his beautiful eulogy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Check it out. Cool. Listen to it at the end of the episode. Cool. There's, um, there's a, uh, I don't know how old, how long ago, a gentleman called brother Lawrence. So he was at a monastery hundreds of years ago. He wasn't a monk. Mm-hmm. He was a dishwasher. Okay. But he was the one who seemed to exude the most uh, dynamic faith in the entire monastery. And he spent his time washing dishes and he said he was practicing the presence of God, of allowing God to be fully present in himself and in mm. the moment as he washed dishes. And that it was his task to do. It wasn't studying the scripture or being a leader or being any of those things. It was just, I'm in my job and God is fully present here with me and in me mm-hmm. and through my task. And, uh, and people wanted to know more about it. And so it's become this practice of the presence of God. And people refer to him as Brother Lawrence because, but it was basically the dishwasher in the monastery who um, instituted this spiritual practice of, of just being fully present with God in the moment. Interesting. Um, yeah, so there are ways to lean into God. As, as the question was, like, how do we lean into God? How do we do that? Allow him his full presence. Uh-huh. You don't have to pray, come Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's there. Right. Like, fill me, Holy Spirit. Let me get out of the way of you so that you can be fully present. Right. Like, God, if you are here and you have all the power of the Bible that I read of you as God, and it lives inside of me, Right. Ultimate cosmic power, itty bitty living space. Um, it works. <laughs> I just got to get out of the way. Yeah. And uh, so, if you want to lean into God, practice that. Practice getting out of the way. Practice gratitude is a great way to do that. Being thankful, think on good things, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, in Philippians 4, Paul says, like, if there's good things to think about, think on those things. We are so easy to complain and look at the negative, mm. right? Oh, today's going to be beautiful. That's going to be really hot. It's going to be really cold. It's going to probably going to snow. It's probably going to rain. It's pro- like we great at that worship, which means putting God first. If you want to lean into the practice of the Holy Spirit, of the presence of God, if you want to lean into God, then really worship. What are the things that get your attention? Where are the idols in my life? Um, I would say be, if you want to lean into God, practice being you, not doing what you have to do. Uh-huh. And we always want to be, what do I do next? What yeah. do I have to do? What's God's will for me? What do I got to do? Oh yeah. What's my calling? I don't know my calling in life. <laughs> well, you're just supposed to be his child. Right. Like, my kids don't have to do anything to be my child. They just are. Yeah. 
So it's not what they can do for me to love them. I'm going to love them. Yeah. Stop trying to earn that. Stop trying to do so much. Um, and then like, if you really want to do something, the greatest commands are to love the Lord, your God with all your heart, soul, mind and body and to love your neighbor as yourself. Mm-hmm. So there's, if you want to do something, love God, love others, love yourself. You can do those in all your day-to-day lives. Every day, just by being you. <laughs> you don't have to do anything. You can wash dishes and that's a service. If you're called to serve coffee at McDonald's and you love it because you're serving other people and you're loving on people, and, uh-huh. well then, my goodness, do serve. It. Yeah, do it. All out, 100%. Just mm. give her, serve with a joyful heart and lean into it. Um, and then I think the last thing would be to allow transparency in your life. Don't, um, so I have a hard time with this because like, I have a certain job and I'm supposed to be the leader and look a certain way and, and I can put on masks or a certain uh, presence or a certain outfit because I, I'm supposed to look a certain way or be a certain way. I have to allow transparency. I have to allow you into my life and say, Zach, man, I need your prayers. I'm really struggling with X. I'm really struggling with Y. I'm really struggling with Z in my life right now. And, uh, all those letters, huh? Oh, yeah. There's probably more than that. Um, <laughs> but if we actually, um, are transparent with one another, yeah, it allows other people in even, uh, physically distanced from us we right. allow them in and and we'll we'll notice the presence of god in our lives I mm-hmm. think a whole lot more yeah for sure yeah excellent um what else persevering through trials i think for me i've really just realized like this is my first pandemic yeah. of my life <laughs> i don't know how many gods had right i can't count them on one hand that's for sure yeah like if these happen every hundred years or every 150 years or 50 years, like God's seen more pandemics and epidemics than I ever will. Yeah. And I'm still sure. here. Not to mention if you add in all the ones that are metaphors for that, but yes. Sure. But you know <laughs> what I mean, right? Like yeah. Genesis. A lot. You just got to read through Genesis and you're realizing like, well, he says to them, your, your offspring, he says to Abraham, your offspring will go into exile for 400 years and be slaves. It's crazy. Like, he's just like, here's what's going to happen. And and you still have Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph to go before they ever even reach Egypt. Yeah. And God's like, this is going to happen, and then I'm going to bring them back, and we're going to do all this stuff, and it's going to be great. And he's just like, this is is the road map. Mm -hmm. As if it's nothing. We're like, 400 years? You got to be kidding me. I I don't think I'm going to make it. (laughs) It's a lot of lives. (laughs) But God's just like, I have the plan. This mm-hmm. is how it's going to lay out. And, um, and in that, like it's famine and a plague that lead them to Egypt in the first place. It's, we're going to see these things. So, yeah. so if you're going to try and persevere, just know that God's seen it all and done it all. Um, even the worst things in our lives, like beyond pandemic, like the brokenness in our families, the, the abuse we see in friends' lives, the, um, you know, the, the tragedies we're seeing racially and sexually and, and emotionally and physically around us, those things, God's, God's seen it all. He's redeemed it all. Right. It's part of his birth line. 
uh, when you read through who Jesus' uh, ancestors are, there's a lot of interesting people and events that happened in that birth line. Mm-hmm. Um, God's redeemed it all. And I think, too, it's good for us to realize we're here to seek his kingdom. Right. It's not my kingdom. I have a plan. F- so, talking about camp, I have a real plan of what like is coming and what's going. Mm-hmm. And it's not my plan. It's right. got to be his kingdom plan. I need to seek first his kingdom. And he'll add on what needs to happen. I have a hard, like, it, it can be so discouraging. Um, what else? I wrote down here, confess, repent, celebrate, love, live, and just do it. It's a lot of random words. I know. I know. But it's like, if you feel like something's blocking you, then repent. Right. Confess it. Tell somebody about it. Yeah. I think this is in my way with my relationship with God. Right? Yeah. And then, um, celebrate. Well, I think that's right. That is actually one thing we didn't touch on is that and I've found this to be very true. Um, if we allow sin into our lives, even just a little bit, um, and maybe it's something we're consciously allowing to be part of our life and maybe it's not whatever. Um, Satan will find a way to use that and to drive that is a wedge between us and God. And so if you're finding things difficult, if you're finding it, hard to connect if you're finding it hard to sit down and read or you don't want to do it or don't want to pray um you need to maybe take a look at your own life and think see if there's sin that's putting a wedge in between you and and god and if there's something that you're allowing to do that yeah so we know from job's experience in the bible that sometimes suffering comes and it's not our own fault it's Mm -hmm. not about sin yeah Job's friends sit down and say, hey, you, you must have sinned because only, only someone who sins is going to suffer as bad as you've suffered. Yeah. And sometimes <laughs> that's not the case at all. No, it's not. There's, there's you know, God's allowing something for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, on, the, on the other side, we know that sin can enter our lives and lead us to a place where we don't even want to be and it'll alienate us from God. Yeah. And, uh, and we don't have to allow that. So there's both sides of that coin. Uh, celebrate. I don't think we do a good job of always celebrating our wins and victories and the things we're happy about because we just think, well, somebody, they, they don't want to hear about all this. <laughs> yeah. But you got to celebrate it. Um, and then just love others and live your life. Like just do the mundane day to day and be surprised by how often God is there in those things. Right. Yeah. That's a good conversation. I had some other stuff, but it, I don't think we need it. Well, you don't want to say anything else? Is it quick? I don't know. It's like a little list here. I was trying to think of some practical tips. All right. Let's read of like what we can do to practice the presence of God. Like if I'm really in that place, then what, what are some things that can do that for me? And, and it's going to be different for everybody. Yeah. Um, so you want me to just read through it? Yeah, just okay. the list quick. There are some things that'll work, maybe not for everyone, but try them. Uh, have some friends. Th- those help you practice the presence of God, community. Uh, read the Bible. Play. Have some fun. <laughs> we, we have to teach our children how to play, and then it's like we stop playing, and it's like, no, just have some fun. Rest. Like, fully rest. Um, find some mentors. Spend time with family. Laugh. Laughing is so healthy and good for your soul and good to get through these uh, desert times. Work, work, honestly, work with passion, work with um, commitment. 
don't just half-heartedly do it because it's just a job, but work it. Mourn. Know when to be sad and spend time there just mourning. Like, um, Learn. Maybe you need to learn. Maybe the one of the things you really connects you to God is when you're learning something new. Uh, when was the last time you got to learn something new? Mm. Not just because you had to, but you went out and learned something because you wanted to. Right. Um, get perspective. Remember that it's God's perspective and not mine. Uh, music and worship, uh, I think, are two different things, but also connected often. Uh, worship can be art. Worship can be things that you see around you. And then the last practical tip I have is to really know you. Right. Spend some time with yourself. And that scares some of us that I don't want to know who I am. But man, once you know who you are and all your different layers that make up your onion, it, it makes such a wonderful, um, it's such a wonderful thing that God can use then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's just some, some ideas really quick. Excellent. Thanks, Terry. Yeah. Anything else you want to add? Uh, I don't think so. I think I said everything I have, I can remember. Yeah, you found say. us a song to listen to. Yeah. That's great. I thought of that midway there. That's so pretty awesome. I'll, I'll tack that on the end here. Can I ask um, you a question? Yep. How's your journey through the MCU going? The Marvel, the Marvel. Cinematic Universe? Uh, we just finished Thor 2, so that's the Dark World. We're on Captain America Winter Soldier now. Um. Yeah. To answer Nick's question, Captain Marvel <laughs> was not my favorite. Um, I found it to be pretty meh. Like, it was okay. Um, I don't know. I, I guess it was my first time seeing it. I don't really, I don't know. Didn't really seem to serve that much of a purpose. Other okay. The whole Marvel Marvel thing was just bothering me the whole time. Okay. Uh, but I thought it was going to be the worst one. Hands down, it's not the worst one because Iron Man 3 is atrocious. And Thor 2 is pretty bad as well. They're just boring and lame. And why? Like, right? Just, they were clearly just made because they could be. I never they watched Iron Man. Yeah. Never saw that one. I saw Iron Man. I didn't see two or three. Yeah. Two is fine. They don't advance like the. But the, Thor the thing 2 with was. All the movies ugh. is it's so cool seeing like the whole Avengers and S.H.I.E.L.D. plotline advance. And that's really the whole like. The storyline unfolding. Plot, yeah. And hidden throughout the whole thing. But those ones don't really advance it. So right. it's kind of like. Bleh. Yeah. So I'm thinking Winter Soldier's kind of similar, not too. It's maybe a little bit better. That's next. But then we get to watch both Guardians, which will be great. And then the next Avengers. So Yeah. And when's Black Panther in there? That's a, After that. That's a good Avengers. one. Like that, I think that adds some to the story there. It's, it was mm-hmm. good. And then we go watch the Ant-Mans, which I'm not <laughs> really looking forward to either, but we'll see. I like the Ant-Man. I, I like the cast. They're really fun. The only one we haven't watched was the Hulk, actually, because it's like you can't find it anywhere online because Disney has attempted to erase it from existence <laughs> since it was so bad. Um, these I are not the hate it, honestly. These I've are not the it, droids you're looking I've for. I've seen it a few times. They're like Jedi mind tricky. They've tried to erase it. Anyway, we should yeah. tell this for too long. But, awesome. Um, yeah, so we'll put the song at the end here, and you can listen to that. Please do. And, uh, yeah, we will... See you next week, I guess. Thanks, everybody. It was great. Bye-bye. Bye.
authentic faith. The cultivation of an optimistic outlook on life with a kind of spirituality attached to it, a holy hoping for the best. Is this how you think of faith? Authentic faith is the confident assurance in events not yet seen. Faith is not a call to believe in things when common sense tells you not to. Faith is not a mindless stab in the dark. It is not a crossing of the fingers and hoping for the best. It is not a leap into apparent nothingness. It's a word that speaks of reasoned, careful, deliberate, intentional thought. Thought upon what? God and His promises. If you are absolutely gripped by the coming realities that have been promised to you by God, then how you live your life in the present will be radically different than if you did not possess such certainty. This is what faith is, my friends. Positive certainty expressed in action. Authentic faith is not merely believing in God. It is believing God. Taking God at his word, living in obedience to his revelation, whatever the cost, because you know down deep in your bones that God will always do what he says, that his speaking is his doing. It is an abiding assurance in God and his promises that animates you to persevere in your obedience to him. Do you wish to be a more consistently obedient, steadily persevering Christian? A stronger Christian? A more courageous and outspoken Christian? Then you need to strengthen your faith. Your faith instinctively strengthens in direct proportion to the expansion of the object of your faith. You expand your understanding of the object of your faith and faith itself will obediently follow. The object of your faith, if indeed you are a Christian, is Jesus Christ and all of his promises. Is your faith weak? It is owing to the fact that you don't know the object of your faith well enough. But when Jesus Christ becomes progressively bigger, or better yet, your understanding of who he is progressively conforms to reality, your faith will become increasingly stronger. But how does that happen? by immersing yourself in the faith-arousing Word of God. Read of Jesus Christ. The same powerful Word that long ago brought the universe to life is the same Word that can bring you to life and furnish you with a faith that is truly and authentically Christian.